0: Uh, so, last week, we did something a little different. We did a, a little bit of a and a with me and Dara, and uh, so, for those of you that may not know, this is my wife, Dara, and uh, so, we've been married for uh, 16, is it 16? No, it would be 16 this year, and uh, so, uh, you know, 15 years up to this point, we, we, between marriage and dating, we've been together about 19 years, and, um, and so, but, uh, so that's a little bit of our backstory, but uh, we had, uh, you know, last week we allowed you, and you can do this this morning as well, Uh, if we could put that number up on the screen, um, you can text in questions. We have a few questions that people have uh, sent us, either some that were left over from last week that we weren't able to get to, or um, even some that came in uh, this week, and then several people had asked, hey, could we do that again? And uh, so we thought, why not? And so here we are. And so we're here today to help answer a few questions. And so before we get into our questions, we want to take just a moment though and welcome everybody joining us on live stream. We're so thankful that you've decided to join us today. We count it a privilege that you've joined us. So TDP, would you help me welcome everybody who's joining us today? So I shared this last week, but if it was good then, it's good now. So I'm going to share it again because uh, I got some feedback. Here's some rules for today. These are important. You know, you've got to have ground rules. And, uh, you know, so number—well, let me say this before I, I share the rules. You may be here and you're saying, well, I'm not married and I don't want to get married. Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna, we're going to share some principles today that are going to relate to a lot of things even outside of marriage. So that's one thing. Number two, you can help somebody else. You may can help somebody else that's in a relationship. You're like, I remember one time pastor was talking about this and he said— dare I say da 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 right and you'll be able to share that with somebody else and so you you may be here you say well I'm not either going to get married not really ready to get married we're going to cover a lot of topics today and we believe that it'll be a blessing to you and also it may be something that God will use through you later which is equally as important and so here's my ground rules I had some feedback that people said that uh they were helpful last week so I thought maybe I need to share them again so here's the ground rules number one no elbows don't be elbowing your spouse. mean, like, like, wake up. No eye rolls, no side glares, no huffing under your breath. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? None of that. Here's the third one. You need to listen for yourself, not your spouse. That one's important. And the last one, which somebody told me on Monday morning, because I said last week, I said, look, you don't need this one right now. You're going to need it in a couple of days. And somebody said, Monday morning, I heard you say this to me which is to uh, don't say, well, you know, Pastor said. <laughs> Somebody told me that on Monday. They said, oh, it came up this morning. And uh, so those are our ground rules for today. And uh, so uh, there's a, really two things that I wanted to touch on that we talked about last week. Um, and I, I think it's important, and I wanted to, um, to visit them briefly but the question, one of the questions last week, and I, I just wanted to add something to it uh, that I didn't speak to last week, is it, it, and the question was this, is, how do you love your spouse even when I don't always like them? What an honest question. I love that. Honesty. I love it. Because the truth is, is we don't always like our spouse, but just because we don't like them doesn't mean we leave them. Amen. Right? And, and so, but here's the thing, and this is what I want to share with you quickly. Is that the word of God sets the standard for how we love our spouse. Not us and not them. God's word sets the standard. And that's important. Why? Because left to myself, sometimes I want to be selfish. But the word says that I believe the best in her at all times, in all circumstances. That my hopes are fadeless. And you're like, oh Lord, I I need some help. Yes, we do. And walking truly in love with your spouse is going to force you to rely upon the Holy Spirit to help you. It will. Why? Because no one will test you like your spouse. Your kids might come close. But why? But, and it's God actually using your spouse to what? To get things out of us. Is that it's a partnership. And so it's important though, is that even in those moments where we may be struggling with situations or maybe with something that's been said... Our response is what? To line up with God's word. It's not to be revengeful. It's not to be uh, negative or to tear down. You know, I mean, and words are very, very, very important. Words have a tremendous amount of power. If you don't believe me, just say the wrong thing to your spouse and watch the response. Why? Because words actually have power. They have authority. They have weight. And so it matters what we say, but we have to choose to love. Love is a choice. And so I just wanted to share that. I didn't share that last week, but really, ultimately, how do you do it? You, God's Word is your standard. You've got to go back to God's Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Go to the Amplified Bible. Why? Because it's even more descriptive. I took that, those verses a number of years ago, and I replaced the word love with the word I. So instead of saying love endures long and is patient, I said I endure long and are patient. I'm still working on the patient part. But you begin to confess that over your life, it makes a difference. And so I wanted to speak to that. Here's the other one. The other question um, is this: is that? Uh, and I, <clears throat> this was a texting question, so I gave a very quick response and was like, "Well, that's my answer." And uh, but I wanted to give you a little bit more detail, which is this: is what would you say is the most important thing to consider before stepping into marriage? And my response was something to the extent of that they love God more than you. That was basically my quick response. And I do think that's important, but I think that there are some other things to consider. Is, uh, and this is similar, but uh, is how's your, how's, how is y'all's relationship with God individually? Like where are you at spiritually, both you and them? Uh, that's very important to consider. And uh, have you sought wise counsel? Are you listening to people around you? If everybody who loves you is going, hey, hey, don't do that you might need to pay attention doesn't mean that other people are always right but what i'm saying is trusted spiritual people in your life if they're going we have real concern and it doesn't mean they're always right that's not what i'm saying because even godly people can be wrong but are you seeking godly counsel and the other thing i would say is have you been to some marriage counseling have you went and sat down and actually let somebody actually kind of dig into your relationship a little bit Because there's some questions that you don't even know yet because you ain't been married probably. And even if you've been married before, you might need to go sit down with somebody and have a conversation. Uh, Whether that's us as pastors, whether that's a counselor. Why? Because your marriage relationship is the most important relationship and it deserves all the investment you can give it. Grass is greener when you water it, right? Right? I heard somebody say it like this one time. They were talking about a relationship, and I thought it was so funny. They are like, the grass always looks greener in somebody else's relationship. And they said, then you need to water your lawn. You need to water your lawn then. If somebody else's relationship looks better, it just means, hey, you need to do some work at home, right? And so I believe that's important. And so here's the last question about that or along that way is, so you've done those things. So my other encouragement is this, is what's the vision for your relationship? What's the purpose? Why did God bring you together? And if you don't know that, I would encourage you to answer that. Because if not, you'll just kind of go through life and just kind of not really have a plan or even know what God wants, what His desire is. So those are a few of my kind of residual thoughts from last week. And so we want to get into some things um, this morning. We did talk about communication, and it is vitally, vitally, vitally important as well. Um, You know, I mean... I remember when we were dating, we'd sit on the phone asleep and be like, are you there? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we Huh? No, you hang yeah, up. Yeah, you hang up. No, you <laughs> hang up. I mean, you know, and we just couldn't get enough of talking to one another, right? You sit, on, sit on the phone all hours of the night and just craziness. And now it's like we don't want to spend two minutes talking. Something has changed, right? Like we used to really invest that time. And so, you know, we talked about it last week about windshield time where we travel, and so we'll turn the radio off, we'll turn everything, and we just talk. And that's important for us, you know. And, and so, but there's times outside of that that we have to sit down and just have a conversation and just talk, how are things? Not because anything's wrong. You know, you don't take your car to get an oil change because something's wrong with it. It's called preventative maintenance. It means to solve a problem before you got one, right? Talking is preventative maintenance for your marriage. And for you men, you may say, man, it's wearing me out. You probably wear her out watching football, too. And basketball, and you got the NCAA, and she's like, when do I get my TV back? So she makes some concessions, and so you need to be open to have some conversation as well. So, I don't want to spend time on all that. I got other really good questions to get to. So, the uh, first question I was going to read it and let you answer it. Oh, okay. Unless you want me to answer it. You can read it. No,
1: it's okay.
0: You want me to read it? You can read okay. It. <laughs> I, I say that because I tend to be the more uh, put it out there of the two of us. So you know which question it is now. So it says, um, what do I do when my spouse puts our private details out there publicly? Anybody ever experienced that when you're like, you just said what? That's, the, that's, like, Dara doesn't even have to say it. She can look at me and be like, shut your mouth. Like, what are you talking about? So, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Uh, okay. So, it's happened to me a few times. <laughs> I was like, why did you preach about that? We're, you didn't even talk to me about it before. <laughs> no, he likes to, you know, put all his stuff out there. But um, I think that you need to be honest with your spouse and let them know, you know, as as the quieter one of the, of the two of us, you need to let them know that, hey, that really, that really kind of hurt me, how you put it out there, that that was supposed to be private. And, um, you know, sometimes I think that they don't really, you know, for somebody a little more outgoing, they may not understand that, right? Does that tell you? Or care. <laughs> But he should care that it hurts my feelings, you know. And that's when um, that, you know, the other spouse should um, really pay attention when it does uh, mm-hmm. hurt your feelings or, you know, that wasn't really meant to be out there, um, all of our private. Yep. <laughs> or, or use an argument as an example or whatever. Right. Um, it's not to gain others on your side, to manipulate, you know. Um, I know some some friends I've had they'll go and tell, you know, I just had this argument with my husband and he did this, 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 this. this. so you got all your friends on your side, right? Well,
0: we've had friends call her and tell her to talk to me. So I'd go talk to him. (laughs) You know, I'm talking about like, you need to talk to David so he can talk to, (laughs) yeah, we've had that.
1: And so, I mean, that doesn't do you any good. I mean, you've got to be honest and open here first. Mm -hmm. And, um, it doesn't, it doesn't help to get all the friends in. And, uh, because ultimately, that just kind of, I guess, uh, they don't have much respect for your spouse in that situation. If you go and badmouth what was going on, and you know, and telling all of your business, because um, then in their eyes, you know, the respect has gone down for your spouse, and you you want other people to respect your spouse and everything, so. Yeah.
0: Well, in Ephesians chapter 5, it it really, the the heading of this particular Bible says it this way. It says, spirit-guided relationships. In verse 21 of Ephesians 5, it says, submit to one another out of reverence or out of fear for Christ. Submit to one another. Now, a lot of times, men, I know we like to go to Scripture and be like, woman, submit. The Bible says you need to submit. Well, this actually comes before that. It's still in the same chapter is still in the same part, but it says, submit to one another out of fear for Christ. Really what submit means, to, means to surrender. It means to yield. So yield to one another. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I would say, especially as being maybe the more vocal one, the one who just, you know, is willing to share whatever, is that if it's a problem for her, it's a problem for me. If she says I crossed the line, then I've crossed the line, right? And so, you know, and so some of this, and here's a principle for you that really relates to all relationships, is that that you don't truly have submission until you have some disagreement. Because you don't have to submit if you agree. You have agreement. Submission means we don't agree, but I will what? I will yield, give way to you. And so the way this looks in this particular instance is if she says, I don't want that out, then that means that I say, Yes, ma'am, I'm going to yield. And because you don't want me to, to go to that detail, I'm not going to. Why? Because, number one, I, I respect her, I love her, but I also do it out of reverence for Christ. Because it's how I love my wife. I don't get to determine how I love her or, or even what necessarily those boundaries are. It's the word of God and it's what she tells me. That's where I live. And I would
1: say, you, you've got to be brave enough to be honest mm-hmm. about it. And speak up. a lot of times um, we sweep it under the rug and we think, oh, it's not a big deal. I'll, I'm a, I'll get over it. It'll come back. Yep. <laughs> if you don't talk about it, it'll come back up. And so you need to be honest with one yep. another. I think that's one thing we've always tried to do is um, even in those hard situations where you don't want to confront each other about it, um, we have been honest. Mm-hmm. And... Um, have those conversations
0: when needed. Yeah. Well, you know, Ecclesiastes says it this way. It says that the little foxes spoil the vine. You don't get to divorce in a day. It's the little things, unchecked. Why? Because foxes grow, right? They get bigger. And if you you deal with them when they're small, it's easy. But if you allow them to grow, they become much more complicated. So, uh, that's what I would speak to on that. This was a really good question that came in last week. And I thought, man, I would have never asked that question. But what a great question. And it's this. It says, can a sense of humor, and I added sarcasm, uh, be helpful or hurtful to a marriage? I added sarcasm because I'm pretty sarcastic. I don't know if you know that. But I, I can be very sarcastic. And uh, so, uh, you know, we've been married for a while. We've been together a while. Derek used to think I was the funniest person on the planet. I'm not sure what happened because I still think I am. But... Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> most of the time
0: <laughs> sometimes now I, just, I now i just get eye rolls like really and uh yeah well actually now it's more of that was a bad dad be, joke
1: i used to be really gullible when we first were dating and so he would make up stuff like on purpose like just i was like you don't know that and so then like
0: my dad always said told me if you th- if you talk like you know what you're talking about most people don't know that you don't <laughs> good advice. It was good advice. I just, thanks, Dad.
1: So, as we, you know, when we got married and had longer, our relationship went, I was like, you don't, I don't believe you. I don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't believe you.
0: Yeah, now she believes nothing, and I'm like, there. <laughs> like, I mean, it'll be something on, like, I don't even know, some game show, and, and I'm like, like, I know. Go she's look like, look
1: it up. Go look it up. I'm like,
0: go Google. <laughs> no, Do it right now. I'm, I know it. And She's like, you don't know that. I'm like, I'm telling you, I know that. Anyhow, this is, so here's, so is that all you had to speak to that one?
1: <laughs> no, I just said, like, with you being funny, I mean, when we're upset, when I'm upset about something, then he tries to crack a joke, and I'm like, that, no.
0: She gets more mad at me when <laughs> she's like, laughing, but doesn't want to laugh at me, right <laughs> and she's like, stop it! I want to be serious right now! And then I start laughing, and then it just kind of starts a snowball. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's my way of deflecting, right?
1: Yes. Timing is everything.
0: Timing matters. Timing is everything. Timing matters big time. Now, I will say this, is that humor and laughter ought to be a part of our house. It really should be. Why? Because we have the joy of the Lord. and The Bible says it is our strength. And so we ought to be, and and like, let's just be honest. We all have people that are just funny. Do you not like being around them? No, you like being around them. I have one friend who's one of the most, just the naturally funniest people. And sometimes if I'm just having a bad day, I'll call him. And I'll just, let's just talk about what, I don't even care. You're going to say something crazy and it's going to make me laugh. I mean, Proverbs says what? Laughter does good like a medicine. It's good to laugh. And so if you and your spouse aren't laughing, you need to go watch a comedian. You need to go find something that you laugh together. Why? Because you like people you laugh with. You just do. Life should be fun, right? Everything else is too serious. You ought to be able to let loose and have fun and laugh. I mean, I doubt that when you got married you thought, marriage is miserable so let me find the person that I can be least miserable with. You do just fine. No, you had a lot of fun together. That's why you got married. Because you thought, man, if this is this much fun dating, it's got to be better married. (laughs) Enough said. But the reality is (laughs) <laughs> the reality is, is that we should have fun with each other. But here's the thing, you're going to have to be intentional about it. And now there now we'll say this, just because your spouse doesn't find funny what you find funny, doesn't make them boring either. There are things that dare like I'm a It's okay. You I can, can say. Can you.
1: You can put it out. So
0: my wife finds this certain thing funny which I just don't understand. And so, you know like these videos that have like little kids like running across the field and all of a sudden that ball comes and like just nails them and takes them out? She will be on the floor crying. And I'm like, Dara, we have children. I have concerns. Like, come on. I mean, now, but I can show her videos and she's like, David, that's dumb. And I'm like hysterically laughing. You know, I mean, there's certain comedians that, I mean, I can just watch all day long. And just, I mean, good, clean, you know, but man, but our humor is different. But we still laugh at one another. Yeah. Like, uh, did you really just say that? Like, that's some craziness, but it's funny. So anyhow, laughter is important. Yes. If, if you're honest with you, you're, you I, I actually just illustrated the point, not intentionally, but it just happened. You were all just laughing, and you probably feel better than you did a few minutes ago. When you laugh, do you know that oxygen actually gets to your brain at a higher rate than just normal breathing? <laughs> yeah, that would be one of those moments where Dara's like, You don't know that. Go look it up. <laughs> Go look it up. I'm telling you. It's actually true. I'm not gonna test it. Huh? I'm not going to test it. <laughs> You're not going to test it. So. Now, so let me, let me wrap it up with this, is that marriage is, meant to, is not meant to be endured, but to be enjoyed and to be enriched. Marriage is not intended to be endured. It's not torture. It's not God's intention. It's meant to be enjoyed and enriched. So, let's move on. I got to get to some other questions here. And um, so this was a really good question that came in last week. And uh, dear, I'm going to let you speak to it first. and then. But here's the question. It was uh, with such a long dating relationship, we dated for four years how did you How did you manage to stay pure it 's a very, very good question I think it 's very relevant in the day in which we live so
1: Well, I mean, for the most part we we did set boundaries in the beginning, and I uh, actually wanted to have my first kiss at the altar. And that didn't happen. But <laughs> no, it's just more that.
0: We made um, it a long time. We
1: made it a long time. A lot longer than I it thought it three years, I could. So. But um, the more I thought about it, I was like, that would, I would be really nerve wracking to do that my first time at the Haltzers. So, um, but uh, we kept certain boundaries, and, and also, we didn't have a lot of alone time. Um, I. Lived about 45 minutes away, and so my brother and sister were always with me <laughs> so, um, yep. for the most part, and that kind of helped a lot. So, um, And then we did a lot of stuff with each other's families, um, did things with our youth group. We did, I mean, we were, we youth, were youth leaders. We were youth leaders together. So, but, um, we did but we a did lot of,
0: a lot of things with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of groups. So. Yeah. And I will say this, just for clarity's sake. Dara doesn't have a history like mine. I have a very, I have a lot of, I I said this way, I had a lot of baggage when I got into our relationship. She was very blessed and fortunate in ways that I'm actually the only guy Dara's ever dated. I'm the only guy that Dara's ever kissed. I'm the only, you know, I mean, like, so she came into our relationship, for lack of a better term, pure. I came with a lot of damage uh, because of a lot of just, stupid decisions on my part, relationships that I'd had failed. I mean, I wasn't trusting. I had been cheated on all these things. I, you know, just a typical teenager for the most part. So I came into our relationship wanting something very different because I knew that what I had done had not worked and it was very, uh, and I knew the effects of it. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, so there was definitely some things along that line. So she said it, um, specifically, you set your boundaries early, not after the fact. Um, and that's important. You've got you to set your boundaries and just say, nope, this, this is non-negotiable for us. Um, you know, and if somebody's pushing that boundary, I don't care how much they say they love God, if they're pushing their boundaries now, it'll only get worse later. If they don't respect you when you're dating, they're not going to respect you when you're married. So, and that could be male or female. That's not just like, well, guys are always forcing girls. Get your head out of the sand. It's girls as much as guys today. So, young people know that. So, so set your boundaries early. Watch your alone time. There's safety in numbers. My dad told me when we were dating, he, uh, we, me and my dad just were pretty honest. Um, just my family, I guess. But um, he pulled me aside one time and told me, he said, David, he said, I know that you love God. And I know Dara does. He said, but you need to be careful how much time you're spending alone because at a certain point, it's just biology. And it rocked me. Because I was like, well, I love God. And he said, I understand. He goes, and it's not that I don't trust y'all. He said, but given the opportunity, Satan's going to take advantage of it. And he's right. There's a certain amount of just, it's biology. It's the way that we're made. And so given the opportunity, no one is that strong. So you have to know that. Now, let me say this as well along this line, just so everybody, because we have a unique part of our stories that we dated for three years and intended to get married at year three. When I went to ask Dara's dad to marry Dara, he said, she's not ready. And so I went, and, and basically I said, well, what does that mean? Now, it kind of snowballed both of us. But, um, but, and he said, I just feel like she needs more experience. She, you know, she needs to live on her own, this and that. She needs to get out and experience the world, blah, 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 all these things. And um, so anyhow, so I went and talked to, actually, we both did. We went and sat down with our pastor, Pastor Sam, and talked about it. And this was the question he asked me, and, well, asked us. He says, can y'all wait and not get into sin? Because if the answer is no, I'll marry you. He said, now, if you believe you can, then I believe God will honor the fact that you honor her dad. He said, but don't get into sin trying to honor her dad. That's an honest question. That's why I value honesty. I would rather people be real because then we can actually help. When we're fake, there's no help. And that's in any area of our life, you know. And so, even in that, one of the ways to stay pure though is you got to have people in your life that are going to be willing to say, "Hey, you need to be careful right there." Y'all are, y'all spend a lot of late nights together. And, uh, you know, and those types of things. And so it's important uh, to set boundaries. But then, you know, in that last year, quite honestly, was very challenging. And so we almost had to go back to like our first year where we didn't go on dates alone. Rarely. We were always with friends. We were always with people around us. Why? Because, I mean, we were, we were
1: ready to get married.
0: Yeah, we were ready to get married. And we're trying to honor the Lord. Well, I'm like, well, that's the only way that I knew how to do it. So we just limited time. And so if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. Um, you know, and that is not just for young people, even if you're older and getting married. You, especially if you've been married before, it's easy to compromise those things. But the Word of God is still the Word of God, which is still the standard. There is no intimacy outside of marriage. Period. Now, I know we don't like to say, that. well, how do you know? And God's Word has been true for thousands and thousands of years. And truth does not change. It is not relative to the day in which we live, or the times, or the standards. When we live according to God's Word, there are blessings that come. And so, when you have that as your standard, it makes all the difference. So, how do you... I mean, the uh, Psalms actually talks about that. How can a young person stay pure? By following the Word of God. That's actually biblically the answer. So... Um, here's another question that we had that came in and, um, it says, uh, can you talk about, uh, being unequally yoked with your spouse and staying in God's plan for your life? I had a question that came in, uh, a few minutes ago. Let me pull this back up. Um, that also speaks to this. It says, um, what about if you're already married and then discover that your relationships with God are not aligned? So there's, and I was going to speak to that anyways, but that's a question that just uh, came in, um, and, and I think it's a very important uh, question to answer because here's the thing: you could have gotten married as a heathen, right? You were both heathens. All get out. Lots of people that got married as people that are away from God, and then you have a Jesus moment. Well, what do I do with my spouse who has not had that Jesus moment? Right? What do I do? Am I just stuck? Is this just the way it is? Uh, you know, there is actually there's multiple places where Scripture speaks to this specifically. Um, you know, and so I'm going to share a couple things with you. There are a couple of verses here. Uh, the first one comes out of First Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verses 12 through 14. He says, uh, I speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct command from God. So this is the Apostle Paul. He's, not, he's saying, um, you know, he's saying, look, the Holy Spirit didn't say this, but I believe this is wise counsel, and it made it into Scripture. So, We believe all Scripture is uh, inspired by God. And he says, If a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. If a believing woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the believing wife brings holiness to their marriage, and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. And he says, Otherwise your children would not be holy, uh, but now they are holy. And so, in verse 16, it also continues and says, Don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? And don't you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? First Peter chapter 3 verse 1 and 2 says, In the same way, wives, you must accept the authorities of your husband. It says, Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, so they refuse the gospel, your godly lives will speak to them without... Uh, will speak to them without any words. They may be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. In other words, be a witness to your spouse by the way you live. If they're unbelieving, let the light of the gospel. In other words, get as free as you can. Dig in to the word of God as much as you can. Why? Because they're going to see that you've changed. And they're going to wonder, why are you happy? Because I'm miserable. I can be vile towards you and you smile and say you love me and it drives me crazy. Why? Because I understand God's word and, and I understand my relationship to you. You can love them to Christ. You absolutely can love them to Christ. And I've seen it happen many times. And you're like, well, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. It becomes an object of prayer and of faith. You get people that trusted people around you believing God. God, I think you're going to send people across their path. People are going to speak into their life. They're going to be bombarded with the gospel everywhere that they turn to the point where they go. You know, I mean, Paul actually had an opportunity where he was speaking to a king. And he said, man, it must be really hard to kick against the pricks in your heart, isn't it? Like the Holy Spirit's just there like. And Paul says, man, it must be really hard for you to, to keep pushing pushing the, the really submitting your life to God away, isn't it? See, I believe that's true. And so even if you're in a relationship, because and I, now this is my counsel. If you're a believer, I would encourage you not to marry an unbeliever. But, I mean, I say that, but let me also give you this qualifier. There was a prophet in the Old Testament, and this is not a uh, telling you to do this, But just for context, because the Bible is still the Bible. A prophet was told to go marry a prostitute. Now, there's a reason for it. It was to show that God's love would never fail for us. That's not what I'm telling you. But just for some context, is that we need to be mindful. The Bible does give us instructions that, look, we're not to be unequally yoked. Why? Because you, and really, to be unequally yoked is a farming term. When you have two cows together, or bulls, or however, donkeys, whatever you're pulling with, you want them the same size, pretty close, the same... You want them equal. Why? Because if not, you're going to kill the one while the other one's pulling the weight of what's supposed to be for two. Uh, That's really the context of that statement. So to be equally yoked means to be equally paired together properly. And, And so there may be times... I mean, there's times in my relationship with Dara where she's stronger in her faith. There's times that I'm stronger. But the best is when we're equal. And we're pulling together. That's the best. And so even if you're married in here, you may say, well, that doesn't apply to me. Sure it does. Are you pulling your weight? Ladies, men, are you letting your husband or your wife pull all the spiritual weight? Are you pulling with them? Having a strong spiritual spouse is not an excuse for spiritual laziness. Catch up. Right? In the meantime, you love them where they're at. So, speak to both sides of it there. Um, let me see. Let me. Do you have any questions that have come in that you want to speak to?
1: Um, well, this one talks about um, should you tell your spouse about your past?
0: Um, you I don't want th- it to bite you in the butt.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when, we, when we were dating and he had... He had these relationships and stuff that he went through. I mean, he told me about everything. And um, cause, and it's a good thing he did because we ran into some of them. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I realized there's some tension. There's some awkwardness here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but then later I was, I was like, oh, that's who that was. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, um, yes, you need to tell your spouse everything. Um, we've each other everything, even... Which
0: is incredibly difficult.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, we have each other's passwords to everything. We've, you know, anytime we're dealing with anything, uh, anything questionable, you need to tell your spouse. You know, um, I've I've told him when guys have hit it on me at work, you know, when we were um, way back and you know, I was working at a surgery center, and I would tell him like this: this guy was hitting on me, and this you know happened. Got to watch know.
0: those UPS men. <laughs> but, I'm sorry if you work for UPS. But
1: I, I was still.
0: I used to work for UPS too. Okay, so. I
1: still told him everything. You know, and I mean, you're just keeping that trust there. You're keeping the honesty there. You're keeping the lines of communication open, and that saying, "Look, I trust you with everything I have." You know, and he he does the same for me, and it's um, it's equal that way. And and you need to. You know, tell each other everything. It's, you know, that's how you create that bond and that unity. Do you have something?
0: I'm just scrolling through our questions real quick. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think, let me say it, it's kind of twofold. If you're the one who is having to express some things from your past, first and foremost, you need to go to God. And acknowledge the sin to God, ask for forgiveness, get it covered in the blood of Jesus. Why? Because... The blood of Jesus cleanses us, right? Well, now when I go to her to have to, do, to, to discuss something that maybe from my past isn't great, well, hey, I'm actually talking about a dead man. That's really the, I mean, like I tell my testimony, and I'm like, that feels like another human being, because it was. The Bible says I've been given a new heart. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to go sin and be like, oh, oh, hey, Jesus, I need to go kind of confess something to her, so let me talk to you right quick. That's, that's, you're, by doing that, you're taking advantage of the grace of God. And that's a dangerous place to be. But we all make mistakes. None of us are perfect in this room. None of us are Jesus. We all make mistakes. And, and so there is honesty there. And I believe that, that you have to be truthful. Not in a, a hurtful way. And, and I would definitely say this. Don't be flippant about it. You need to be repentant about it. If you know, so let, let me. And the
1: other spouse needs to be gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because even if it's something you're dealing with in the midst, you're in the midst of it, you know, and uh, whether it's an addiction or whatever you're going through, I've seen some marriages completely turn around be- because of how the other spouse reacted. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm here for you. I still love you. I'm walking through this with you, um, and that can be powerful. Yeah. In how you react to them being
0: honest. So. And it's okay to say, I need a moment. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Give me a minute. Give me an hour. Give me a week. Whatever. (laughs) But, you know, so here's a question that goes along with this that I want to speak to. It's a question that came in uh, here this morning because it goes along with this. It says, how do you build trust once it's been broken and how do you let the hurt go? Uh, Which is, you know, look, we, we, we live in a broken world. And unfortunately, there's a lot of brokenness in the church. It's the reality of the day that we live. We live in a day of convenience. That sounded good in the moment. Didn't think about the fallout. So, how do you, how do you build trust? Or how do you rebuild trust um, once it's broken? So, number one, you got, and I spoke to it a second ago, you have to repent. Repent simply means to turn and go a different direction. Change what you're doing. There's a change of behavior with repentance. It's not just, oops, sorry. Right? It's actually changing a behavior. And so um, once you change your behavior and that is seen, it will begin to rebuild trust. But trust, here's the thing. Trust is given in relationship until it's broken. Then it takes time for that trust to be rebuilt. Doesn't mean that it can't. But I'm sorry and then prove that out by your action. And it will come in time. And how do you let the hurt go? Um, you got to take it to the Lord quite honestly. Um, there is no other solution. The Bible says that he is near to the brokenhearted. The Bible says he binds up their wounds, that he is the healer of all their afflictions. God alone. Now, it doesn't mean that you may need to go, you may need to sit down with somebody. You may need to have some conversation with a counselor. There's all kinds of ways, but you need to, you need healing. And so how does healing come? You're going to have to get some stuff out. You're going to have to talk through it. But you're going to have to turn to the Lord and allow healing to come. There is no other solution. None. And and so, um, you know, uh, I believe that with all of my heart. And here's the good news is that I believe that, you know, I heard someone one time say it like this. And it really helped me is that God never said that we wouldn't hurt in this life. But he said that he would heal us every time. And in any relationship, that will help you. God never promised us that people would not betray us. Jesus was betrayed by one of his 12 closest friends, and he knew it. He knew it before, and he still loved. So, when we get hurt, there is healing. There, God will heal, but we have to allow that to happen. And so, uh, you know, we, so that, that's how, uh, you have anything? to speak to that one. Um Sorry, I'm looking at some of these we've recently gotten in. So, um, there, I'll let you speak to this one. So, it says, what do I do when my husband and I discipline different? He is not consistent with uh, his kids and or with his instructions to the kids. They know what they can get away with. Kids are crafty like that.
1: <laughs> I would say, I mean, you need to get on the same page and talk to each other about it. But, um, cause I would say sometimes he lets them get away with more than I do, but that's probably me being around them more too. Um, and, but you know, the times that I'm like, I need you to back me up on this. You know, I've already told them no, I've already said this. Yeah. I need you to back me up, you know? So you need to get on the same page and because they need to see you as a united front. Mm-hmm. And, um, so if that's going for a drive and getting some windshield time so y'all can talk it out Mm -hmm. Um, and making sure that you're on the same page about um, disciplining the kids because it doesn't help. It's confusing to the kid too, um, for it to not be Mm -hmm. the same.
0: Yeah, and I think that there's some practical things even along that line. Um, Number one is being present.